right? Have a quorum, have eight of nine here thus far. Calling this meeting to order. And with that, Stephanie, can we please get a roll call? Sure. Oh, wait, hold up. She, sorry, my apologies. She just joined. Okay. Okay, uh, Commissioner Ali. Present. Commissioner Daniel. Present. Commissioner Dillard. Present. Commissioner Gathua. Present. Commissioner Harris. Present. Commissioner Johnson. Present. Commissioner Nobis. Present. Uh, Commissioner Rivera? Present. Commissioner Traore? Present. Thanks. All right, and with that, we can move on to agenda item number two, approval of the April 29th, 2021 meeting minutes. Uh, before we do any motions on this, does anyone have any questions on the meeting minutes of April 29th or any changes they'd like to make? All right, I uh, just need a motion to approve the meeting minutes then in that case. So moved. Second. And Stephanie, can we please get a roll call? Okay, um, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Nobel? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Commissioner Traore? Yes. Okay, passes 9-0, thank you. All right, and then we have agenda item number three, the staff follow-up on TRC questions. Yeah, so at the last um, meeting, there were some questions that I said that I would do follow-up and report back to the entire commission. So. Um, one of the, the first things that was asked at the last meeting was um, who could testify. And so based upon conversations with the city attorney, um, anybody who voluntarily wishes to, to testify or to give testimony or to be a part of your proceedings um, could do that regardless of age. Um, of course, the TRC does not have the ability to compel anyone to um, to participate, so it's on a volunteer basis. The TRC also does not have the ability to make anything confidential. So anything that uh, somebody reported, talked about, or spoke on um, would be considered a public record. There was also a question on where the information would be stored. And so the information would be stored on the city website. That would include any written documents, audio, video, Currently, the plan is to just archive or to place all of that information on the TRC, the TRC's uh, link on the city's website. However, depending on um, how filled up that gets, it may be um, a link that is available on the TRC's link that then links somebody to the actual documents. 
in terms of any assistance that you need that um, you feel that current city staff cannot fulfill? Um, I think last time you had mentioned um, the um, possibility of AmeriCorps or interns. That is something that would go in the budget request to the city council. The, whether they were AmeriCorps or whether they were interns, they would be um, overseen by the Office of Equity and Human Rights. So, so we would supervise them um, on a day-to-day -day basis. But if you had specific projects that um, you thought that an intern or an AmeriCorps would be beneficial on when we advertised or wrote, or wrote those job descriptions, we would include that in the duties of that particular person. In terms of the TRC, it was asked um, or mentioned whether the TRC could, could be paid for their service. So again, that would be something that would be part of the budget submission or proposal that you provide to the city council. Um, my understanding from the city attorney is that it would be, it would be considered more of a stipend versus a, a paycheck as if you were city employees, it would be more of a stipend. And so you would just need to decide as a group kind of what you feel that stipend should look like, whether it should be per meeting or kind of how you wanna determine what should be allocated for that in your request to the city council. In terms of the ability of transit to assist with getting members of the community to TRC events, the transit department would have limited flexibility just because they have routes that are scheduled that they are fulfilled to, fulfilled, um, to, to meet requirements. And so um, the, the best plan in moving forward in terms of making sure that your meetings or your programs or events are accessible is to make sure that they are on a, on a city um, bus route. The city also has um, a certain amount of vans that, that we could use city staff that could supplement and assist people who may need a ride and a ride home to a TRC event program or a meeting. There was also mention of social media. So again, social media, because this is a case of first impression, I don't believe any other board or commission has social media. That would also be something that would need to be requested um, to the city council. If approved, then you would just have to make sure that, that it follows the policies and procedures of the city's communications department. It would be um, a, a public document. So if there was an unfavorable comment or something that was posted that maybe some of you felt was inaccurate, that particular comment cannot be edited, removed. It would always have to stay there and be archived as part of that social media site. And then uh, finally, childcare. If you are looking for professional assistance in terms of providing childcare at your events, programs, or meetings, again, that should be part of the budget proposal that would go to the city council. Child care in and of itself implies a professional, um, I, I guess in my, in my opinion, it, it assumes that the person has some type of certification or, or professional uh, pedigree in providing child care. If you're looking at volunteers, then that's probably a little different. But I think by using the word child care, there's a certain assumption uh, to the public that the person who would be watching um, children would, would be certified or have some professional pedigree to, to watch children. So I think I have hit everything, but if anybody has any follow-up questions for me, I'm certainly available um, 
to answer those at this time. Anyone have any questions or any clarifications? Okay. Uh, in that case. Actually, sorry, I do have a clarification question. Let's say um, in a circumstance where we invited folks um, from the public to um, come into any of our subcommittee meetings where we don't have a quorum of commissioners, um, and uh, a member of the public did want to say something in confidence there. Um, could we possibly um, sort of make mention and report to the commission that a member of the public in a subcommittee meeting had, had said something to the effect of dot, dot, dot without um, uh, breaking their confidentiality? I, I don't think so. What, what the subcommittee is, is it um, allows commissioners to meet to handle commission business without having to call a full meeting. It does not shield, a subcommittee doesn't shield the commission from the duty of open meetings and public records. And so any documentation, notes, um, text, emails that were a result of that meeting would still be public record. And so there would still be no confidentiality to somebody who spoke at a subcommittee. Does that make sense? Okay. I guess um, my, my the discrepancy is like someone speaking um, at a subcommittee meeting versus what's um, written doc, written documentation. Well, I, I guess if it's not memorialized, then there there wouldn't be a public record. But if somebody is taking notes on what somebody said, um, I mean anything that would be a part of that subcommittee would still be subject to to public records. Okay, thank you. Um, a question on uh, our community forums or events in relation to social media. Um, so, in addition to using communicating through you, communicating the events. Can we also communicate through our own communication system, including social media? Yeah, so you're saying, for example, if you had a Facebook page and you wanted to share an upcoming um, open yeah. form or so, yes, you can certainly do that, yes. Okay. Any other questions or clarifications? I think this is more as we continue listening and even at the public forum. And uh, some of the things we hear, maybe to some of us, the in our opinions, it might be needing, it would be ethical to pay attention and follow up. I'm wondering how do we do that? How, or do we just listen and wait until we make our final recommendation? I think just from a staff 
point of view at this time, if you're considering having any conversations, whether it's in a subcommittee or, or part of the larger group, just making sure that when it's advertised before people participate, that they understand that you know there's no confidentiality and that it's subject to, to public records so that everybody understands what they're participating in before um, they, they actually speak or um, talk about an experience um, that they wanna share with the TRC. Do we have anyone else? In that case, uh, we will move on to agenda item number four, public comment of items not on the agenda. Just a reminder, uh, commentators shall address the commission for no more than five minutes, and commissioners shall not engage in discussion with the public concerning said items. If there's anyone from the public that has anything that they would like to speak up on or address the commission on, if you could please raise your hand and we will be sure to call on you and give you up to five minutes. So we have Annie Tucker. And Ms. Tucker, the floor is yours. Cool, thank you. Um, first, I wanted to actually thank you all for what you're doing. This is really powerful work. And I really appreciate the thoughtfulness you're bringing to it. Um, and it's kind of amazing that we can be here with you. So, um, so I wanted to say, I know that, you're, that you've expressed an interest in transform, transformative justice and restorative justice. And um, what I wanted to let you know is that in the last three weeks, I've had maybe three entities or four express an interest in using restorative justice in the areas that they're responsible for which is really, really exciting, I think, um, to feel like parts, different parts of the community um, and decision makers or people who are working with decision makers uh, want to have people's voices heard, want to have processes that where each person involved is heard. And I guess I wanna say um, a few things. Um, part of my background is I work for a local nonprofit, Mediation Services of Eastern Iowa that oversees a couple of court-connected mediation programs and started a restorative justice program for juveniles who are referred and um, has been doing that and also got a grant and offered circle training to teachers. Um, and this is like about four years ago. So three different three-day trainings, um, teachers and people who work with kids and adults and um, in the community and community members. So um, I guess one, what I wanna acknowledge is maybe, you, I don't know if you can see me, can you see me? I can't, 
I can see you, but maybe you can't see me. I'm like an older white woman. <laughs> maybe, maybe you guessed. Um, and um, so what I, I want to acknowledge that. I also want to acknowledge that the reason that white people on this continent know about circles is that in the Yukon, um, people uh, and First Nations folks, uh, their communities and families were being really devastated by the court system and the legal system up there really tearing families and communities apart. So they realized they wanted to share their process circles with white people so that that was the process that their community members were part of and that it wasn't part of the destructive processes that those uh, institutions had. So um, here's my current vision. My current vision is working with uh, diverse group of folks from this community, including age. Like, I love that you guys were asking, can minors come and speak here? Like, I would like, I would like there to be training um, that we bring in somebody actually to do the training, even though there are people here who are trained. If we can get money, we'll do that. Otherwise we can do a homegrown process. But where there's a diverse group, a uh, pool of folks who together provide RJ uh, processes for folks in different situations, as well as circles like Laura Gray. Do y'all know Laura Gray? She and I went to Chicago um, maybe four years ago and spent, it was, oh, it was right after the election, the previous election. What was that? That was 2016, when you didn't know if there was a place that you wanted to be on the planet or in this country. And yet we went to the south side of Chicago and sat in circles for four days. And it was the right place to be. And we came back and did circles that were open to the community and diverse folks sat and talked about things kind of really across their silos here. It was kind of powerful. So anyway, um, Given, given the stated interest about restorative justice in kind of different corners of this county, I just wanna let you know that that's something I'd like to do. And I'd, um, I, more accurately, I'd like to be part of and help make happen and have it be informed by a variety of folks in the community. Like it's not my vision, it should really organically come from all of us because this could make a difference in lives. It could make a difference in how this community feels and operates, let alone how the institutions operate and how different professionals see their roles as well as, um, as well as how people feel connection. What I realized, you know, the premise of, I'm almost done, right? I didn't check my, my, what, my phone. We're, I'm gonna let you, what you're saying I feel like is important. So just, you can continue, please continue. Okay, but I'll, thank you. I, sorry for not paying attention and I'll, I'll wrap it up. Here's the deal, here's two deals. Um, restorative justice, um, my understanding is that that indigenous communities said when somebody causes harm, 
The answer is not to send them away. The answer is for them to know that they matter, they are here. And then we need to talk and they need to be part of the conversation about hearing and saying what happened, hearing and saying how they were affected, being part of resolving and fixing what happened, okay? But what I realized in working with the young people was that, and so it's like restores them to the community, right? Restorative justice. But what I noticed was the young people that I was working with didn't seem to already have felt like they were part of the community and needed to be restored to it. They didn't feel part of it. They didn't already or, or, or at one time feel part of it. So that's, that's, that's something that circles can work on because everyone feels connected. Circles actually, I'll come another time and talk about how they intervene on trauma on the effects of trauma in two really simple ways. How powerful is that? Also the most important part of the triangle, you can't see me make the triangle with my hands, right? Anyway, the, the, the lower, the third, it's in three parts. Like there's the pointy part, there's the middle part and there's the bigger lower part. You can almost picture that, right? Raise your hand if you can sort of picture that. Okay, good. Um, so the base, is building community. So if you were gonna like start using RJ in a school, which is what they're trying to do, and I'm part of the team that's working on that, um, the main, the, the starting place is to have kids sit in circle and be heard and connect with each other, relationship building. And then above that, the smaller things is dealing with misunderstandings or conflict. But that's also, I just wanna offer that as an idea as you guys are thinking, what are we doing with, circles. Okay, done. Sorry. Anyway, thank you very much for what you're doing. Um, I'll be in touch. Thank you. Do we have anyone else from the community that would like to address the commission? Uh, you now have your chance to raise your hand and we will give you your time. Looks like we don't have any other hands raised at the moment. All right, we'll move on to agenda item number five, update on land and labor acknowledgement. Uh, we'll hand the floor to commissioners Sakawas and Kevo. Uh, I don't have any um, updates to provide. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to touch base with um, Sakawas before this meeting. Uh, I have a quick update. I, I finally did hear back from um, uh, Lance uh, Foster. Um, I had missed an email from him actually, so it's it's actually my fault that I didn't see it. Uh, but um, I resent it to him, and hopefully, uh, we can hear back very soon um, about his thoughts on it. And once we get that, that will be great. And um, I think I really appreciate the work that Kevo uh, put into it, or Commissioner Rivera, excuse me, uh, put into it and the changes that reflect some of the thoughts that I had at the last meeting. Uh, and so I should have something sent out to the group very soon. 
appreciate that warm handoff, the the baton of the of the um, acknowledgement. So I'm glad to hear that it's making progress. So thank you so much for following up on that. Do we have uh, anything else on that then? In that case, all right. Um, so we will now move on to the discussion and the vote on the facilitator hiring process. And before we begin our discussion on this, I want to once again to give the community the opportunity to address the commission on this agenda item, if anyone would like. Raise your hand at this time, and we'll be sure to give you some time to speak. All right. So we can now move on to our discussion and vote on the facilitator hiring process. So uh, I know that um, Commissioners Ali and Daniel have been working on this the most. Uh, so I'll just hand the floor over to them too. Um, so really quick before um, Daphne presents her findings, <clears throat> I wanted to make a vote on how to do this just because um, when the TRC originally started, uh, there was no really concrete or clear discussion on how we were gonna go about this. People just put up names um, and then we voted. So um, Steph has talked about, um, and feel free to interject whenever, Stephanie. Um, it's an RPF process, which to my understanding is just like a job application. Yeah. A uh, uh, request for proposals would be where the um, the TRC um, basically comes up with what I would say is the equivalent of a job description. I, I mean, what you're looking for in a facilitator, what skills you want them to have, um, what experience you may want them to have. Um, and so working with staff, um, both in the Office of Equity and Human Rights and with the, um, the purchasing department to come up with the RFP that um, states what you're looking for in a candidate, their qualifications, their skills, background, what they can bring to, to the table, um, getting that formatted. And having said that, that, you know, being that you only meet every other week, it, you know, it would probably be something that would take a few meetings to, to get shared agreement on in terms of what you're looking for in terms of the job description or the facilitator description. But once you have that um, agreed upon, then um, we would um, put it out there to, to, to basically the, the community, the, the state, the region, um, the country and solicit uh, folks who feel that they meet that skill level um, to submit proposals to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Once you get those proposals back, you as a group would, would need to go through and have some type of rubric or some way to evaluate or score each potential um, proposal that you receive. And then based upon that, coming up with a candidate or a slate of candidates that um, you, know, you wanna interview or have a conversation with to, to get to know more or to have more in-depth conversations about what work they could assist the TRC with and you making very clear what your specifications are. And then from there, you know, moving forward towards a, a group decision on who you feel should be um, selected for that process. So all in all, I mean, you're probably looking at um, two months just between getting the proposal, you, you know, um, in a manner that everybody agrees with and then 
to, to be fair and to, to get the best outreach, you're probably looking at another, at, at least three and a half, maybe four weeks to, to advertise it and get it out there and allow people to apply and submit. Um, so that is the RFP process. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that's probably the best way to go about it. Um, if someone, do you guys want to talk about it or are we okay to make a motion on it? I just have a quick thought about it. It just sounds like a really long process. That sounds like it's three months. And I feel like um, as it's been mentioned beforehand, we're already kind of behind on our current deadline. So I, I'm not saying I don't agree with it. I just wonder if there's any way to speed that up. And I move, I'm done. I, I, there's not really a way to speed up the RFP process, but um, if, you, if, if commissioners have somebody in mind who you think would be a great candidate um, that you want to uh, reach out to and have them submit proposals so that you're selecting from a more limited list and not advertising it um, in the manner that you would maybe like a job posting, you, you could certainly do that, um, which may shorten the process because then you don't have the, the lag for, for getting the word out and giving people time to, to apply. But um, so it's kind of just a manner of how each of you wanna proceed. What if, what if we end up really liking whatever uh, Commissioner Daniels has come up with um, and we have a discussion on that together and then I don't know if you guys are okay with discussing this and maybe we could um, decide if uh, her suggestions are I mean I don't want to say good enough I, for lack of a better term um, to kind of continue with the process if that's okay with you guys. Okay, so. Um, oh, before you begin, just want to make it clear for meeting minutes sake. So we will be coming back to agenda item number six to do the vote on the hiring process. But first we will be moving on to agenda item number seven for the presentation of Commissioner Daniel's findings. Yes. Okay. Um, I actually don't have like a full on presentation because I think heart-to-heart uh, -heart was kind of like open talk was necessary. Um, the one thing I noticed throughout my search for what the role of a facilitator is were RFPs. And the RFP process does take long and I think there's no way around it if we want to have um, a fair and transparent process. And so we need to reach out, reach out far, see if we could get the best to, to help us meet our goals. And I don't think this is something that one commissioner should really be researching. I think maybe um, have one of the subcommittees kind of get together and work on this because I have my opinions on what I think is most important in, a, in, a, in the role of a facilitator, but not everyone is going to have that opinion and I don't want the facilitator to be like my facilitator or like the person that meets uh, meets the what I 
what I picture in a facilitator. They're gonna be the facilitator for the entire commission. We also need to consider if we're gonna have the facilitator just work with us um, or work with the community. Uh, I think they're supposed to be in between, but throughout my research, uh, there were different roles that facilitators played. I also looked up um, strategic, the difference between strategic managers and project managers and what role each would play in an organization. And I was way over my head. Um, I think this is definitely, that's definitely something for uh, our chair and co-chair to kind of look into because there's, there's strategic managers, project managers, program managers, strategic project managers, and they all have very nuanced differences. And depending on what our goal is in having a project manager or any type of blank manager will we'll determine what we're looking for. And so if we as a commission are looking for someone to help us in our long-term, meeting our long-term goals, which means beyond the report, if we want this to turn into something that's more longer lasting, I think that could be where a strategic manager would be helpful. Um, if we are looking for someone to help us with this Prod, like just getting to the point where we can um, submit the report to city council, then I think a project manager, that's more, that's more the role of a project manager. But really, I, I cannot make that call because I don't really know how our leadership sees, sees us moving forward. And once again, I think this might be something where more than just one person uh, looks into this. What I have determined is that these, excuse me, these two hires are probably going to be two of the most important things we get done mm -hmm. in the next couple of months. And so um, I call on all of you to kind of provide your input. Thank you. I yield. Thank you. Um, uh, in that case, we'll be moving back up to agenda item number six or just uh, more of a discussion and ML, I'll let you begin. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so one of the things that uh, Commissioner Daniel has said towards the end was <clears throat> um, finding someone who like fits our vision. Um, and I, I really think it would be beneficial for us to at least look for someone long-term uh, because um, I think that's, there is still kind of confusion within like the community and things like that of what a truth and reconciliation commission does. Um, and I think that, um, I don't want to forget about the part where we're documenting these truths and keeping them in a place where people can see and, um, or read or whatever that may be. Like, I think show or a play or um, all of that stuff. But I, I don't remember who said this during one of the subcommittee meetings, someone said like legacy kind of change or something like that. Like something that 
people will, you know, they'll say Iowa City, oh, they had that really powerful documentary where all those African-Americans, indigenous folks, and they spoke about their experiences living in that city. Um, so I think it would be really beneficial to look for someone with strategic planning for a long-term goal, because I think that's a better bang for our buck, if, if that, for lack of a better term. So yeah, I'm gonna yield to the floor with that and let guys chat about it. Yeah, and I do have information that I gather during um, my research. I, it's just so much that it would probably take up the whole meeting just trying to explain the difference between all these different types of managers. Um, and then there was also the difference between a facilitator and a coordinator that I I, I, I think I'll, I won't wanna go down that road um, just because we know what it says in the resolution. So I can share that with everyone what my findings are, if that'll be helpful after um, after the meeting. Thank you. Um, in terms of input on the process, I just know one thing I'm wary of as well is the person we're bringing in. Um, if it's going to also be long-term, we also you know, want to ensure that they are willing to be committed to living in the area. This, I mean, it can't be something, at least I think that it can't be something where they'd be just living here for part of the time and just moving around otherwise, because we'll need to actually be integrated into the community to be able to connect with people. Um, and also uh, we'll probably have to clarify with the city as well, if any hires that we recommend or make are just for the duration of the commission, or if uh, we're allowed to write in um, to our actual budget recommendation that that position would extend after the commission ends. And for whatever reason, if they don't allow that, then that would have to be an explicit recommendation that we would have to make in our final report. Um, oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Commissioner Daniel, oh, yeah, I thought you were okay. gonna say something. So I don't, are, are we talking about the facilitator? Just to clarify. No. Uh, just that more like the strategic planner role, if we're going to look into having something like that as okay. well, like any hires, we also just need to ensure that that wouldn't be something that have to be a final recommendation that the position is extended, uh, rather than if we can just write it in operational budget at this time that we would like the position to extend past the commission X amount of time, because it all it affect future city budgets as well. So, so you would have to put that as a, a recommendation because... The, whether they're a facilitator or strategic planner, they that's a little different because per the resolution, they work for the TRC, and so they're not they're not city staff, and so their their duration, in fact, uh, would end when I believe I think it's two thirds of you feel like um, they're no longer needed. So so that would be true whether it's a facilitator, or strategic planner, or a coordinator, or or some of the other um, variations that Commissioner Daniel has mentioned. Thank you, Stephanie. And then another thing I was just thinking about as well is um, what Amela just said about the documentation aspect. Um, I do know that um, some people from Ingler Theater uh, are very interested in helping with uh, that aspect of it. Uh, this is uh, guy, um, Yonisis uh, Alexis. I hope I 
didn't butcher your name, sorry. Uh, but yeah, he's a he's Greek and gotten a chance to speak to him a little bit and get him get to know him uh, pretty well. But the Engler staff themselves have actually been working on some ways to increase diversity, not only in their um, scheduling and the shows they're bringing in, but also their staff. So uh, it just seems like they're highly interested in helping with this. Again, this would be something that the rest of you would have to be in, in on a discussion for. But I just believe that them being local to the community and also having experience with uh, putting on productions and making productions and also having a space where uh, you know, any event could go on would probably be highly beneficial to us. Um, but again, this is just something that we would have to be presented to all of us and to be voted on and just wanted to make that known. Going back to the facilitator position, uh, I am more familiar with uh, facilitators who facilitate a function. For example, I was having in mind uh, somebody who facilitates our meetings which already we have the chair and the vice doing that already. So that's what I had in mind coming in. And I also, I think I also formed, and because that's my understanding of facilitation. And also, I guess also the kind of facilitation um, trained and I train on and Kevin uh, in this uh, Commissioner Rivella, I'm thinking in terms of facilitating groups. So uh, usually that's what I'm used to. Of course, there's also what goes on backstage to prepare the, what the facilitator is doing in preparation for facilitating. So, but from the discussions we've been having, uh, this position, it's, uh, it seems to be wider than that. Oh, go ahead, Kibble. Um, the I wonder um, if it would be possible for um, commissioners to review uh, the application or contract that uh, former facilitator um, Jesse Case was um, going to sign. Um, that might uh, help fill in some of the gaps um, in understanding, uh, or at least get us on the same page of what I guess um, chair and vice chair are saying when we're using the term facilitator. Um, and then we can decide if that's the direction that we want the, the facilitation to take, or if we want to redefine the role of the facilitator. Yeah, I do still have that document saved and I can uh, send it back out to uh, get redistributed uh, right after this meeting. Um, but yeah, there are just some aspects of it that would need to be changed. Uh, 
Uh, there's a long section in there about being involved with the way the bylaws are written and done. Um, and we just need to ensure that everyone here also just sees the fact that there are some sections in there that seem a little bit more as facilitator having direct control over some aspects of how the commission runs. And in my opinion, we would need a little bit more autonomy than that. Um, but when it comes to the, the kind of filling in that role in the meantime, um, I know we don't have someone directly on staff, of course, but I'm more than comfortable along with anyone else that's interested, just continuing to just reach out to people in the community to try to just tell them more about the commission and to just see if they're interested in participating in either subcommittee meetings or as well, if they're just interested in having any presentations with us as well. Uh, uh, Cliff and uh, Daphne have also just told me uh, about how we have the Johnson County Interfaith Coalition. And also, um, yes, Kaus has told me about this as well. And the uh, Iowa Catholic Worker House, they're very interested in not only doing a presentation, but also being very involved in the process. So they do have a lot of um, Hispanic immigrants that are part of their group. And they're also highly interested in getting something together where we have people of different faith backgrounds also connecting within the community and the importance of that. So I would like to have Iowa Catholic Worker House um, come in to a meeting and give a presentation at some point uh, in the next meeting or two, just whenever everyone feels that uh, we do have enough time for that on the agenda. And it would also allow us to get more of that voice of um, Hispanic people and other immigrants of all backgrounds and people from the faith community as well. Um, to get back kind of to the job description and facilitator thing, I just want to, sorry. I just wanted to point out that um, in the Google Drive, and let me see if I can share this really quick. I put in this document, sorry. Um, there's this document, it says job descriptions for future hires related to the TRC. Um, I had just put this down because I'm just a person that likes to jot down stuff as I think about it. Um, so, this was where I had my first thoughts after um, Steph and I had, Steph, Daphne and I had talked kind of. And um, so I don't know if anyone has looked through this and it's, I'm not saying that all of these points are gonna be specific to the, you know, strategic planner or facilitator or anything like that. But if you do have any ideas for, um, job descriptions or things like that, uh, this would be a good place, I think, for all of us to gather our thoughts. Um, just wanted to put that out there just because I did, uh, there was a couple of them that I took from um, the former uh, facilitators um, document, but yeah. I ask a clarification question, Vice Chair. Yeah, this is Commissioner Rivera. Um, 
so we've talked about um, like future hires within the Office of Equity and Human Rights. We've talked about a facilitator and then um, uh, Commissioner Daniel also mentioned like the strategic planner or the project manager. Are, are we thinking about all of those as separate roles um, or are we thinking that there is overlap or that one person can serve multiple roles. Um, I think I'm getting a little bit lost when we're like, we're, there's multiple people that we could potentially be hiring, I guess, that now, um, and I don't know who we're talking about at any given time. <laughs> um, so, so I'm gonna clarify from my understanding. Um, when I had spoken to Stephanie, um, anybody that we hired through like AmeriCorps or things like that, which um, I envisioned for like, for example, if I wanted someone as a part of their job description, let's say to um, read the 88 points that for the restructuring the ICPD and, you know, give an analysis of that. Not that I would make someone, you know, read all 88 of them, but um, that would be in the job description. And then that person, be, if it's through AmeriCorps or anything like that, would be hired through Stephanie's office. And um, it would be if any interns or things like that, um, because they have to, they would have to report directly to Stephanie. And in their job description is where we would put specific things we wanted them to do for the TRC. But um, the facilitator or strategic planner or both would be a job that it comes is directly related to the TRC. Uh, they would report to us. Um, their specialty is like strategic planning or like that is what you know they're good at and um, or mediation or negotiating or things like that. And that would be the person who. Um, we would pay out of, I, I believe our budget. Um, and that would come that they would not be a person that worked for the city. Does that make sense? So what you're kind of describing in those two examples, I know that there, there might be more, um, kind of roles for that former position that you were describing, but what you're kind of describing was like a, a research intern or something where we can task this individual under um, the Office of Equity and Human Rights to go and research documents as it relates, as things that sort of could benefit and educate our commission on um, in, in, with topics to related to restorative justice, transitional justice, um, policy, things like that. And then you know, that can be their job to look into all of those things and then come to our commission meetings and educate us or come to our subcommittee meetings and educate us on those things. So that would be one role. And you're considering the facilitator um, as more of that um, sort of mediator between us and the community and, and acting sort of the mandate that we are set out to do in our fact-finding process and our truth-telling process and sort of the beginnings of our reconciliation process. Is that somewhat of a good um sort of overview? Yes, you out, you worded it way better than I could have ever articulated it. So yes. You loosened the jar and I, I finished it for you. There we go, thank you. <laughs> um, and I invite Commissioner Daniel to also provide any clarification if, if uh, they had any different idea. Oh, <laughs> I got so excited when you asked that question because I was like, okay. Um, 
So essentially, one person could play, could have the role as the strategic manager, the the facilitators, like that just theoretically this could happen um, in practice that wouldn't be ideal. However, as I looked at different roles, um, uh, there is such a thing as a strategic project manager. And so we could just have one person who helps up who helps us with strategic planning and project management. The facilitator, there was also, if you, if you look at the previous facilitators documentation, um, I don't know if that role is, was purely what you consider a facilitator's role. There was a lot of oversight um, they, were, they were given. And so I think getting that paperwork would be, would be great. So we kind of know what we may not want in a facilitator. Yeah, that's it. It sounds to me still that, yeah, we would need at least that one person hired through um, Stephanie's office. And um, right now, just needing a strategic planner, uh, more of that bigger national search of that uh, for experts, either strategic planner or strategic project manager, and then someone separate from that that's more of a facilitator. Um, so it end up being a total of three positions, one reporting to Stephanie, two reporting to us. Um, so at this time, I don't know, I, I just kind of want to make sure we clarify that. And if we decide that we need to make any votes on whether we're going to look at it as three separate positions or two separate positions before we then move on, or if we want to just move that vote to a next meeting. I don't want to close this discussion right now, um, but I, I, as we're moving forward, I think um, it would be helpful if we had an idea of what, what will come after this meeting, because um, we're certainly not in a place where we're ready to sort of make any formal decisions or motions, I don't, I don't think, but um, I would suggest that maybe um, we fold sort of this um, uh, conversation into maybe the budget subcommittee um, and that can be the house for further discussion in defining and differentiating among all three of these roles that we're currently talking about um, so that we can have more of a concrete sort of um, discussion next time about what everyone would agree upon. But I welcome rebuttals to that suggestion. Um, the that. only thing that I would say about it is that we need a person that understands what our mission is. We, you know, that's the thing that we had a problem with before. You know, some people didn't agree with the facilitator that we had before. We need to have a person that understands what we're trying to get accomplished. So it can't be a person, I think, that hasn't been through social injustice or a person who doesn't know anything about it. He's just going to come in and be a facilitator, but he doesn't even know anything of social and racial injustice. So that's, that's my opinion. But. And uh, Steph, can I ask for clarification purposes, since in the agenda, it does say, I can't remember if it says, can we make a motion or, uh, da, 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 da. let's see. 
discuss and vote. Oh, it says discuss and vote. Um, if you, I mean, you as a group, you can decide to vote, or if you want to defer, you I mean you don't have to vote this evening. Do you guys want to defer? Defer. I I would want as this commissioner Gadua. I if we defer because I would want us to be very clear on our definition of facilitator mm -hmm. to be very very clear on what they want them to be doing mm. uh, other than are we going by the general one where uh, from what Commissioner Harris is saying uh, it's looking like Hmm. Uh, one of the one of the roles of uh, in general, and again I said what I'm familiar with for a facilitator, that person is usually neutral, mm -hmm. and they do not add to, and they do not create a lack of a better word friction. So I guess I'm just giving some examples in trying to be very, very clear of, uh, of uh, who is a facilitator to us. What are we wanting out of, the, out of that office? So, so, so just to, to clarify, um, Commissioner Ali asked me a question about whether you had to vote at this meeting or deferred, and I just wanna make sure I'm clear. You, you could have a vote this evening on going through with the RFP process for hiring a facilitator without getting into the specifics of how you want to define that facilitator. So to me, those are not necessarily the same thing. And so if you want to vote on this particular hiring process, you certainly have the ability to do that this evening. If you don't want to vote at, at the meeting this evening on the facilitator hiring process, then, then you don't have to. But what this agenda item to me is just simply voting on to have this RFP process. It's not voting on the contents or the definition of, of what a facilitator would be or what a person who does strategic uh, planning would be. It, it would just be to go with this process. So, so just to clarify that. Okay, I'll jump in again, Commissioner Gadua. And uh, since uh, Commissioner Daniel and, uh, and now Stephanie, you give us a very clear and kind of like, it looks like uh, we need to, and there's that time to be taken. Uh, to me, I'm seeing, uh, and um, it makes sense to me to go with it, and especially now, uh, so that I don't have to split hairs, that now that I know it's not the definition I'm voting on. Yeah, with what was explained by Commissioner Daniels and Stephanie, I... If we, if we decide to vote, I, I would be on deciding if I would vote on the process. So oh, I will, okay. I'm ready. Uh, I just wanna ensure that if you are making a motion that we just have to be sure we're explicit in what exactly um, we are voting on in that motion, whether it's that we're having a vote on just doing the RFP and then deciding in a, in a separate meeting that we're going to talk about exact definitions, or if we're voting on not doing an RFP in a separate meeting, doing exact definitions, just for the sake of the record. 
Right. I don't think a formal motion has been put forward yet, but I, I think that it would be a good idea for us to um, to go ahead and vote on that portion of this. At first, I was like, well, we can just kind of wait until we have a job description. But I think that if we vote now on um, using the RFP process, then the budget subcommittee can move forward um, with developing that job description. So we can um, really uh, get some gain some traction in that regard and then come back at the next meeting um, to discuss it further. Don't and this know is oh. I just wanted to ask whether I don't know whether Commissioner Rivera was putting forward a motion. He wasn't. Oh. No, okay. he wasn't. Um, so I just I, I just want to say if we vote on the RFP, that will help with um, writing the, the job description. We're coming up with the job. With that, um, this is Commissioner Ali speaking. I'm going to make a motion to move forward with the RFP hiring process for facilitator slash strategic planner or whatever. Can I help amend that motion, Vice Chair? Um, I would suggest that for right now, let's just use very concrete um, and clear terminology. So I, I, I would see, I would amend the motion on the floor to um, motion to uh, utilize the RFP process to hire the facilitator period. Because we don't, we don't know yet what, if we're dividing the facilitator role into project manager or what have you. Yeah. So um, I am going to make that motion to use the RFP process to hire a facilitator. Do we My have second. A second? We have a second from Commissioner Daniel and Stephanie, can we please get roll call? Is there any further discussion before we do the roll call on this topic? Okay. Um, question. Okay. What exactly was the issue with the last facilitator? What, what, what was the main problem? Didn't sign his contract. But other than that, um, all I can say is there were just, so there was some friction with just the actual process of the interview and just some former members didn't really approve of them very much. But yeah, I know the contract was never signed, so. Any further discussion before I take roll call? Okay, um, Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathawa? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Commissioner Harris? No. You're voting no? Okay. No. Commissioner Johnson. I'm gonna have to go with no too, because I'm not completely there yet. Okay. Um, Commissioner Sakawas. Yes. Uh, Commissioner Rivera. Yes. Commissioner Traore. Yes. Okay, so I have the motion passing seven two.
Who currently comprises the budget committee, subcommittee? Myself and Commissioner Daniel. However, um, I'm on I, it as well. And Amel as well. But one thing I do want to make clear with that is as long as um, there are no more than four individuals in any of those subcommittee meetings, then we are welcome to have another person in there. But as well, if there are other subcommittees where people want to be a part of the conversation, um, any of us are also welcome to join in those and just talk to you a little bit more about what you would like to see. But one thing I would like to suggest as well is that if there are some things that each commissioner would like to have in the job description or have concrete in the person that we're looking for, if you could also just please send that in an email directly to Stephanie so that we do have that available. Because that would also really help the process. We want to ensure that everyone actually gets some kind of say in that. And I'll, um, tomorrow morning, I'll reach out to purchasing to get um, some examples from um, like Climate Action and Parks and Rec in terms of some of the RFPs that they put out just so you can kind of get an idea of what they look like. So. Is anyone else interested in joining the budget subcommittee to um, uh, assist them in this process? If not, I'd be happy to join at least for, for this time period. Be glad to have you. Um, after the conclusion of this meeting, then we can just uh, try to coordinate time within the next week to get an initial meeting together to then just discuss uh, further what we're looking for in that process of the RFP. And definitely wanna have that presented to the rest of the commissioners in the next meeting. And also I would like to have that emailed a few days ahead of time so that it can be reviewed by each commissioner before we even have the next meeting begin. All right, and in that case, we are now onto agenda number eight review and approve bylaws. Um, I will hand this off to Amel as well. All right, so um, it would, would it be helpful for you guys if I read this all? No. <laughs> You don't have to. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Is this the, is this the version that was in the packet? Uh, no, this is not the version that was in the packet. Would you um, would you detail the changes then? Yeah, of course. So um, let me go to that version that was in the packet really quick on my own personal screen. Okay, so um, in the version that is in the packet, um, it has the um, 
first seven uh, items on it are actually from the mandate. Um, and or the first item is that is from the mandate, sorry. Um, and then the other ones we are kind of compiled from a few different other commissions that uh, Steph had sent me their bylaws. Um, I just wanted to kind of keep it really, really simple because um, we didn't discuss bylaws initially at all. Um, so um, there was a part in the packet that had said, you know, for motions, there's a highlighted part that said staff may keep track. Um, I removed that part because uh, Steph is going to be keeping track of the minutes as our staff. Um, it didn't, and she keeps track of all of that stuff. Um, there's a part that says include a section on limitation of authority. Um, so I, I hadn't wanted that part to be in it just because there was uh, just because I I didn't feel like there was a concrete idea from like a, a concrete understanding yet from like everyone on what kind of our end goal was um, and there was a section that um, had spoken about um, when we're at getting the truth telling part. Um, and I just kind of removed, I removed that part because uh, I, to my knowledge, not yet do we plan to have uh, people telling their truths during our public meetings. Um, and that was actually gonna be one of the things while I went through this was to um, ask if you guys thought that it was necessary to have bylaws for um, public meetings when like we're at a place where we're receiving um, testimonies from people. Uh, from my understanding, um, from what Steph said, that if nine of us are there, uh, during this process, we have to treat it kind of how we treat um, the public comment section, which we would not be allowed to respond um, or comment to anyone that is telling their truths um, or giving a testimony. Um, and then, you know, a, a lot of this stuff is really just like very simple. Um, how many absences, voting. Um, go ahead, Mohammed. Uh, I just wanted to clarify on the part of the quorum. I saw a difference in that part. Just wanted to make sure that we went yeah. over that. So it says, let me go back on the quorum. Two thirds. Can you scroll down a little bit, Steph? So yeah, the other one says two thirds of the nine member commission shall constitute a quorum at any meeting. Um, and I five is our quorum, not six. So that is why I changed it uh, from the one that we have. Um, that is, 
right? Five is a quorum, right, Steph? I just want to make sure. Yeah, that's yeah, okay, correct. Okay, okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so kind of, so with motions, we just have to discuss uh, before the commission may vote. Um, let's see. I tried to be very straightforward and lay it out there. Is there anything that people have questions on or anything that you think that we should add? I used um, templates from the Community Police Review Board and um, the, the Human Rights Commission and um, the Housing and Zoning Commission. And then I, there was one more. Um, um, can we clarify just the majority? Um, so uh, in a meeting where quorum is met and five commissioners are um, there, is that a, a majority of those present or is it a majority of the commission members meeting five total? Oh, that's a good question. And, and uh, Commissioner Rivera, I was gonna bring that up too. I think um, that usually bylaw set a minimum number of votes instead of just the majority which would be five for purposes of the TRC. Is there, um, or do you, are you able to edit that? No, you're probably not able to edit that. That's okay, I can edit that. No. Okay, I have, I can, um, I'm taking notes, so it's not a oh. problem. Okay, perfect. And then just for number three, I think it's implied that the chair and vice chair um, set the agenda, but it's, it's not, specific. And so I don't know if that's something the commission wants to keep kind of vague or if they want that very specific. Um, I would just like to add, if we're going to make that specific, I just want to ensure that we do add something in there about how, um, yeah, that any and all input from other commissioners is also welcome uh, on those agenda items. And that the for reason uh, in writing for the a request for an item to the agenda is denied uh, should be supplied at least 24 hours prior to the meeting as well in case the person I mean this the rest of what I'm saying after the 24 hours isn't uh, material to being in there but basically just in case the person would like to have that also as an extra attachment. So what um, we can do, if you'd like, is <clears throat> I can make those changes to the bylaws and then um, we can go over it again at the next meeting or um, then vote if, it, if we want to send it off to city council for approval. You also have the option of um voting on it this evening and just accepting the the amendments or the edits so it's oh okay. it's up to, okay. yeah 
the last thing I just want to make sure that we do uh, say to, for the record and clarify is that um, we had mentioned about uh, the process of the truth telling and that we don't have bylaws for that yet, but just want everyone to note that at the bottom, we do have that amendments to bylaws are possible and that we just need a majority vote of the commission. And that is at least five members and that those proposed amendments must be sent to staff to forward to all members of the commission and or add to the following meeting agenda. So if there are, are changes that need to be made or if we decide that something in here is you know, cumbersome to the process, we do have the opportunity to change that. And, and I just wanna clarify, if somebody's um, giving a presentation or testimony, um, that would be an agenda item. So the commission wouldn't be restricted in terms of, you know, having it some type of engagement or conversation or, or back and forth with them. So I just want to clarify that. Uh, do any members of the commission have any comments they'd like to make on the bylaws or um, any decisions on whether we'd like to vote with the current amendments made or if we would like to push the adoption to the next meeting. I would want to suggest that uh, we vote uh, with those amendments that were made in today's meeting. This is Commissioner Gadua for purposes of record. Just want to assure there's no further discussion on that. And also just to clarify, that was a motion. Uh, Commissioner Gotha, I just wanted to uh, you, clarify. You look like you're you're wanting to say something. With me, <laughs> I think it just froze. Sorry, with someone's hand up, and it looked like someone was raising their hand. I apologize. Oh. Sorry, was that a motion? Can I, I couldn't? I didn't know if that was a motion or not. Because she started, you started the sentence off with, "I would like to make a suggestion." So I don't know. <laughs> you said, "Are I you asking me?" Yeah, I'm asking, yeah, if that was a mo if Yeah, I, I think even if I put it as a suggestion that I'm making the motion to vote on, on the bylaws with the amendments that were made or during this meeting. I mean, yeah. Would anyone like to second that motion or... It's like if not, then we would have further discussion or we would be having another motion to table the discussion for another meeting. I second the motion. All right, in that case, Stephanie, can we please okay. get a roll call? Sure. And no further discussion on this. Okay. Um, Commissioner Ali. Yes. <clears throat> Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. 
Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Sakawas? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Um, and Commissioner Traore? Yes. Okay, passes 9-0, thank you. Um, we do now have agenda number nine, which is staff and commission announcements. Is, do any members of the commission have any announcements to make? Uh, I did have um, someone bring up to me about an event or some correspondence that we possibly had from the public. Um, we did get uh, some correspondence from the public that I'd like to share. So this is from, uh, it's entitled Letter to Johnson County Governments. Uh, it was written on May 4th, 2021. It's Dear Johnson County Board of Supervisors, Chair Pat Hyden, Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague, and all Johnson County, Iowa City, and County Municipal elected officials. Our organization's right to update our April 19th, 2021 letter and to reiterate our full support for funding excluded low wage and public sector workers through the American Rescue Act. A $54 million excluded workers fund will provide parity with what all others are able to access in federal stimulus and unemployment benefits. Together, we can begin the long process of transforming our housing, transportation, land use, and farming systems to put frontline I'll actually just share this as well, uh, to put frontline workers. Um, sorry. Uh, and BIPOC people first. Excluded workers are defined as undocumented immigrants, previously incarcerated people, cash economy workers, the permanently unemployed, and all those who have been left behind by society before and during the pandemic. In addition to the $54 million coming to local Johnson County municipalities for direct relief. The American Rescue Plan Act will also provide millions more in funding for emergency rental and homeowner relief, educational support, nutrition programs, unemployment assistance, homelessness, vaccines, aid to restaurants, businesses, and assistance from the Federal Emergency Management Agency. Local officials can match our community's needs with these funding streams and maximize federal dollars beyond just what we have outlined here. There will be a number of additional funding sources flowing into the community through a variety of different pathways. Excluded workers must be prioritized now or they will continue to be left behind while everyone else gets duplicate forms of relief. The federal guidelines are clear and there is no need for an immigration test. The U.S. Treasury Department has already issued guidance stating the American Rescue Plan funds are to be used to support families and nonprofits, provide premium pay to essential workers, and rebuild critical infrastructure. According to an attached April 26, 2021 memo, by the Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, pandemic relief is not a recurring or long-term public benefit and does not require an immigration test. There are several reasons why an immigration test does not apply to funding streams from the American Rescue Plan. Congress is providing the funds to assist the states and localities in addressing the pandemic. Its purpose to benefit the community as a whole. States have the authority to use the funds for many different purposes. Applicable exemptions to an immigration test include short-term emergency disaster relief, community-level assistance required to protect life and safety, and assistance administered by nonprofits. An attached April 21, 2021 report by the same Budget and Policy Center titled Three Principles for an Anti-Racist, Equitable State Response to COVID-19 and a stronger, stronger Recovery Calls for Targeted Aid to Those in Need and Transformative Investments in Black, Brown, and Indigenous, Immigrant, and Low-Income Communities. 
To target aid to those in need, the report's authors recommend governments provide premium pay to essential workers making less than $15 an hour, unrestricted cash payments to individuals and families with limited incomes, including immigrants, paid family medical leave, and compensation for workers who fell through the gaps in unemployment insurance coverage, including immigrants. So there is more attached to this as well. However, I just do want to state that this is going to be included in the final um, agenda that is uploaded for the public to see after this meeting. And I uh, do also want to let everyone know that there uh, is um, this thing called the People's Town Hall on the American Rescue Plan that will be going on via Zoom on Monday, May 17th from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. And it will be people from across the state and community in this Facebook group talking about the $54 million emergency funds coming to Johnson County. And the uh, Excluded Workers Coalition uh, is extending the invite and Iowa Cl uh, Community Climate Action is also a part of this. So there is a Facebook page for this and an event registration link. And I have also forwarded these documents to Stephanie to include in the final uh, version of the agenda, just so everyone's aware. So if you would like to attend, you're more than welcome to. And if you'd like to lend your voice to that project or any of that, you're free to do so as well, but also so the public knows. And I'll yield the floor and give them all a chance to speak. Um, I just wanted to make this really super quick, uh, just because I know a lot of us are really interested in education um, and the youth, especially in this community. I went to a webinar this afternoon. Um, it was a presentation on the school to prison pipeline that uh, I believe Tammy Knighton actually sent it to all of us. Um, and I, I got the recording, so I'll share it with you guys. Uh, I would really encourage uh, you guys to watch this or try to listen to it if you can. There's some really good information that's very specific to the Iowa City Community School District. Um, one of the things that has still stuck with me and I've sent an email since is that the Johnson County um, Attorney's Office is trying to be more involved in intervening when a child has lost many days of school. Uh, it's usually the person said it was the last resort, but um, I, I, they also mentioned that Johnson County Attorney's Office wants to be more involved. And um, if you know anything about the school to prison pipeline, getting an attorney's office involved in that is just horrible. Um, so I, I just really would encourage you guys to please watch this um, and share your thoughts. And um, yeah, it, it's a really good video and it was very, um, very informational. Uh, before I forget, I just had one final quick thing to say. Um, so next week from Wednesday through Friday, I will be in Ankeny um, for a um, seminar entitled Strategic Doing. It's basically a leadership uh, seminar and training session. So uh, Iowa City Area Development Group has been gracious enough to sponsor me to go to this event, but just wanted to let all of you know as well that I will be taking extensive notes at these sessions and we'll be sharing them with you as well so that you can be aware of just these skills and tactics uh, so we can all implement them in you know, what we do in this commission and in life going forward. Uh, but yeah, I'll be gone from Wednesday through Friday of next week. However, if you do need to reach me, I will still be available.
and that is all I have. Um, is this the time that we can say what we want to say? Because I was trying to figure out the time that I could say what I want to say. Um, I don't know if any of you guys know what social injustice or racial injustice is about. You know, I'm not trying to attack anybody or say anything about nobody, but like, I don't know if you guys been in prison before. I don't know if you guys dealt with the justice system before. I don't know if you guys dealt with how that goes or how they treat black people in America, um, even people of color, even people who are not, you know, they may be, you know, they may be the, from a different community, you know. I didn't say the community because I can't spell it right right now, LBG, to, you know, what, 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 whatever it is. But some, like on this call, I felt like that we're not, we, we need to do more. I think we need to do more because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. It's going to be summertime and, I'm a I'm a, I'm an Iowa City resident, and I live in the South District. So if any of you guys know about the South District, they're about to be shooting real soon, and it's about to be a lot of. St it's already been stuff going on over here. So I just want to let everybody know that we need to start working on the issues that we're supposed to be working on, and. We need to stop the raggling and haggling about who's going to be this and who's going to be this vice president and who's going to be this and who's going to be the chair. We got to start working on the issues. I'm telling you, like, it's more going on than we even, even, even talking about. It's a lot going on. Like, it's been a lot of people that's been inside their house for the past year inside their house. And then next thing you know, they got a whole bunch of money. And it's not going to be a good outcome. And I, I can feel the tensions in the air. I can feel it. So with that, I'm going to yield the floor. I just had to let that out. So. Thank you for expressing that. Um, I, I want to say that um, if anyone would like to speak to any of the police chiefs in the area as well, or the city manager or anyone on city council to at least try to establish some kind of baseline with them. Cause we had city council on Tuesday have this meeting where they went over the restructuring plan. And this commission directly came out of a meeting they had last year about reviewing all of this. So just want to so, let you guys know there are a lot of just conversations so, so, uh, that we've been left out of. I don't mean and I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, last night, you know, I just had a bonfire with a city councilor. I'm not gonna say her name, and we sat down and talked, you know, and it's not looking good. It's just not looking good. She she talked to me about a whole bunch of things, and I was sitting down in, in at a bonfire with a city councilor, and she just told me like it's not going good. It's not going to be good. Stuff is not going to go good at all. So, and I have the ability to, to be able to do that stuff, you know, sit down with city councilors and sit down with people that's, you know, important people in the community. I'm not saying none of you guys are in, in, uh, uh, important, but I sit down with important people. So 
I sat down with important people and they, you know, city councilors, they told me, they was like, there's nothing we can do. So with that, I'm going to yield the floor again. Have all the subcommittees met? I, that's not an announcement. I just, I, I just want to know. Um, no. Okay. If your subcommittee has not had a chance to meet yet, I would suggest you try to get an initial meeting going within the next week, especially policing subcommittee. There's already you know, protests and things being planned for this weekend I've already been reading about. And as well, we all know the current laws and things going through the state government. So that's another thing to be wary of. And yeah, just watch out for your community and as Commissioner Harris has said, there is more that needs to be done. Unfortunately, at this time, I can't talk about some of the things I'm involved well, in. Well, like, I'm not trying to cut you off, Muhammad, but I'm not trying to cut you off, Muhammad, but I'm telling you, if they go down there processing again, you know what's going to happen. They're going to say gas them again. Again. That's, it's nothing to stop that. They're going to say gas them again. That's what I got from everything that I that 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 I heard about. So, does anyone have any other announcements they'd like to make? Uh, I think uh, this is uh, this call, Commissioner Gadua. Uh, this is not an announcement forward, but uh, more of a report that on Thursday, May six, I attended uh, Truth and Reckoning event at mm -hmm. park and there were four of us there and we introduced ourselves and we listened mm -hmm. and uh, from what i got is uh they are listening and acting on what uh they hear the inequity or injustices that are are going on in I uh, in Johnson County, and uh, those they were being shared what already has happened, what what they have done in following up on the injustices and going to the necessary offices to seek justice for individuals and other plans. I yield. Do we have any other commission announcements prior to staff announcements? You, you've covered already what I was kind of wanting to go over a little bit when it came down to the American Rescue Plan. So I just stand in by. But. All right, in that case, it sounds like ready for staff announcements. 
just adding that I didn't mention the other commissioner's names because I didn't think it's my place to say beyond that there were four of us there in the Truth and Reckoning event. Yeah, I'll, I was definitely there. Uh, I'll definitely speak for myself at least. And I was there with him, so. I was not in attendance. Um, do we have any staff announcements? I don't have any, thank you. Okay. Um, if- Can I, can, uh -huh. is everyone good? Can I do a motion to adjourn? I didn't see who, I'm sorry, was that, I'm, can, I'm not sure who did that. I'm. This is Commissioner Ali. Thank you. I, would, I would like to make a motion to adjourn if everyone is okay with that. Rivera, second. Stephanie, can we please get a roll call? Sure, uh, Commissioner Ali. Yes. Daniel. Yes. Commissioner Dillard. Yes. Commissioner Gathua. Yes. Commissioner Harris. Yep. Commissioner uh, Johnson. Yes. Um, Commissioner uh, Sakawis. Yes. Commissioner Rivera. Yes. And Commissioner Traore. Yes. Okay. Meeting is adjourned. Thank you, Thank everyone. You. Thanks. Thank you.